Hi, welcome to Albany Residence. Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Robbo. He is the owner and creative director of Roots and Rooftops, a menswear brand dedicated to building high-quality, sustainable goods from the ground up. In this conversation, we take a trip down memory lane where it all started on the East Coast, where Rabo immersed himself in the culture, developing his design skills which led him into the fashion and sportswear industry, to ultimately branch out and do his own thing. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presents. Bravo. Easy. What up? What's going on, good sir? Oh, uh, you know, keeping it going. <laughs> yeah, as we all are. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. How are thank you doing you for today? Thank you for having me. Uh, doing really well. Yeah. Extremely well. The sun's out. Um, the the summer is is bubbling up, um, and things are happening in in a positive direction. So, um, you know, yeah, real good. Oh yeah. yeah. Awesome. Why? Well, now that I've been doing like these podcasts, I kind of uh leave the beginning of the podcast open for people to kind of reflect on the times because i know it's a little bit different i don't want to completely uh just go talk about what i'm doing what we're doing and all that kind of stuff without kind of just creating that space for for us to to connect and and reflect so how are how are things with you with everything going on being a a black man in this country and having a daughter, family, and all that kind of stuff. How what comes up for you? Um, nothing new. <laughs> nothing new. It's nothing new. Um, I just, I mean, I, it's beautiful to to see uh, uh, this this youth movement um, uh, happen in in such a bold way, and uh, to to try to be part of of supporting that and and seeing um, the changes uh, happen because of it. And it's just the beginning. Um, I, I would just say, you know, uh, it it is a little saddening because I've done this when I was a kid. My father, my grandfather, we've all had to protest or raise our voices just to to be. And to see uh, the youth today have to do the same thing, it's a little, it's, it, it throws you off a little bit and it's a little, um, it, it's sad, you know, um, because you felt like you've made a change and to see them do it all over again, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. But um, it's different, you know, and I, I think the biggest difference that I, I'm seeing that it's, this is affecting people across the world um uh people from different cultures different parts of just this country uh just come together and and uh, raise their voices against hate and justice um and and the foulness uh that has to be uh, let go in this country mm-hmm. for us to move forward um since we're doing the same things that we've done in the past our forefathers um and, and our mothers have done in the past um, need to stop and and to see the world saying no this this needs to stop or see people from all, within this country um, again uh, uh, different cultures different shades um, saying that saying that one thing or that one statement Black Lives Matter it's almost like isn't this the American dream type business you know like everyone speaking the same um saying the same thing in different voices yeah different accents but saying the same thing um freedom life justice for all yeah 
And you know that things are changing if NASCAR is coming out and, and banning the Confederate flag. Yeah, like, I saw that. Like, I, saw I was like, that. word? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. And it's not just a marketing ploy? Like, was, it, it, was it Bubba? No, well, like NASCAR, yeah, Bubba definitely yeah. like was like leading it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But Bubba, like just right. to see, yeah. yeah, Bubba Wallace, I believe, so. is is the driver's name. But like just to see that, and they had, they had an unfortunate mm. like racist event that happened. Mm. I think yesterday that was mm. on Sports Center, and it was yeah. just like, oh wow. But like seeing like all the drivers and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But things are definitely changing. But yeah. there's just no clear path. Like everybody's coming together, and I think everybody's doing that that uh trying to figure out how they're best utilized and kind of like what we were talking about before it's like everybody's role is different in right. in shifting this and it's right. like it's up to us to figure out like how am i best served like some like 18 year olds 17 year olds they're best served being in the streets and yelling and voicing yeah. their displeasure but other people are better at writing emails and yeah. making phone calls and putting yeah. uh the right information out for people to to actual to activate and and so yeah, everyone playing their part, but I think we're all uh we're all on the same team and we're all moving things forward. <clears throat> so where did you grow up? I grew up on the East Coast, uh born in Philly, um, lived in Jersey City, uh, which became a heart. Um and uh just in New York it was just like my playground. So um the beautiful thing about the East Coast, uh for me anyways. And I had family like in, in Maryland, like in Baltimore, D.C. So I traveled up and down the East Coast, seeing family, friends, and uh, just, you know, um, being exposed to different parts of our culture, black mm. culture, um, within those regions. You know, uh, Philly's different than Jersey City. Jersey City's different than New York and in, you know, D.C. And they have their own thing popping. So... Um, I always, I always like to call myself an ambassador of like the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I'm born and raised on the East Coast, Northeast. Uh, growing up in the East Coast, being uh, acquainted with lots of different ways of life and and style, like that's where I feel like style and culture and and slang and and just being being able to be authentic but also have community within mm -hmm. that so you're you're part of you're part of a city you're part of a culture but then a, being able to express oneself uh how were the ways that you were able to differentiate yourself and express yourself growing up uh, a lot of different ways uh for me uh i've i've always always sketched always drew cartoons i mean i mean since since i put my first foot on the ground. Um, that's what I've been doing. So, uh, like I grew up like in the eighties. So I was definitely in the graph, uh, part of that culture. Um, more of a bookworm type of thing. Um, my letters weren't that great, but my characters were killer. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, you know, from the different cultures, um, I got, I got into, um, uh, Inca's traditional, Inca's Mayas, like that traditional type of uh, a drawing. Uh, I got introduced to um, uh, Diego Rivera. So um, for me, it was more, you know, the, the culture of, um, like you say, of hip hop. Um, but I was more on the visual side. A mm -hmm. uh, little, little on the dance side. A um, little bit on the dance side. <laughs> But mainly, like, more on the visual side, um, flyers, stuff like that. Um, and I just really, like, that was my world. You know, if it's comic books, if it's graph, if it's, if it's looking at um, uh, different art from different cultures, if it's modern, if it's something traditional, um, that was my world. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I dove into and then all the different lanes within that. Mm-hmm. So what did you find was uh kind of like your passion and how did it like lead into like future like career opportunities? Like when did uh design start bubbling up? Because there's characters, there's graffiti, there's all the different subcultures, right. like what there's sub sub genres of, of art and, and using your pen and, and your materials. 
when did you kind of focus in and and decide that you wanted to to do more design stuff? Uh, well, I, I would say it, it kind of happened by accident. So, I mean, as far as doing like t-shirts, airbrushing, stuff like that, um, that's all part of that, uh, of the culture. Um, so, you know, always been around that, had my hands in that a little bit. Um, but I was always focusing on at the time, uh, like working in the record industry, um, doing illustrations for magazines and so forth. So that was my goal going into art school. So I went to University of Arts and Hushin School of Arts. Uh, went to University of Arts for illustration. Then went to Hushin School of Arts for graphics. Um, when I figured out um, I could, I could use both. I can mix illustration and graphics together. Uh, and then out of from there, I was actually working in the record company. Um, or in, in the record company industry in New York while I was in school. Mm. So I was working for a design house. Um, so that's where that work came from. And then I was also working with uh, uh, a crew called Tri-Vibe. Uh, 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 um, we used to do hand-painted T-shirts. And eventually this crew um, became a scheme. Um, early 2000s, real famous clothing company. They did everything uh, hand-painted. Uh, but I worked with them uh, in the early, early, early years, um, at least Barique anyway. And we would just do hand-painted T-shirts and um, sell them outside of clubs. Um, like, uh, if heads came out of you know the club, we had a T-shirt set, or we'd sell them on the block um, with certain events. So that's uh, that's was my stint into like fashion, you know. I was mainly all about like um, the CDs, album covers, da da da. So uh, eventually, I got picked up to do work for the Roots. So I did uh, a, a illustration for Roots inside cover. So uh, when you would bought when you buy the wax, uh, you had a paper cover for the actual like the vinyl. Um, and I did an illustration for that. So it wasn't like on the cover, it was something inside. Um, but they used it for like posters and so forth. So eventually, uh, Echo Unlimited uh, wanted to do something with the roots. Uh, they picked that design, those illustrations, um, and put them on a t shirt. Uh, I eventually got in contact with Echo, was like, hey, I'm the guy that did that. You should check out more of my work. And then from there, I got picked up from Echo or by Echo, uh, to be uh, their head uh, graphic designer. And that was my introduction into fashion. And it was like straight baptism by fire. Yeah. Um, I had to learn more software than I already knew, even coming out of school. Um, but how to use it in a business sense, in their speed, shortcuts, so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so... Echo was my introduction to uh, street street fashion um, and the industry in a whole, outside of just like hustling mm -hmm. on the street. Yeah, what years were th were those? Were you at Echo? Uh, I want to say ninety six to maybe two thousand. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, around the two thousands, I was like thinking, yeah. I'm like, that was like when I was in like middle school, high yeah. school stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that's all I wore was like, <laughs> like the, like the the rhino logo across yeah, the man. chest and yeah, all over man. the like. I that's all that was all yeah. me like a Nietzsche, Echo Unlimited, academics, yeah, yeah, uh, tall whole, tees, time, like oh, uh, that whole time. And that's when um, that's when Echo was in Jersey. Uh huh. So in you know, um, Echo eventually moved to to Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Um. But like yeah, like pretty much like the early years. Mm -hmm. Damn. Were, yeah. Do you feel like you were able to like you had to learn all the like the new software and all that kind of stuff? But do you feel like you were able to apply your personal design sensibilities and like were did you have like principles that you were already like trying to push forward, or are you just trying to do the job? Uh, yes. Uh, because that's that's one of the main reasons why they hired me. Was was for those reasons. Uh huh. Uh, so um, yeah, I was able to like you know for me at the time it was more about um, hand drawing, keeping that hand fill, mm -hmm. um, 
and and really bringing a face of the culture that you would normally wouldn't have seen. Yeah. Um, a lot, it's funny, like I, I, what I call the vault here, um, I'll go through the vault and I'll, I still have some of the Echo stuff and, I, and when I look through them um, to see how important it was for me to um, express those, those little things, mm-hmm. you know, um, like one scene was like a, um, maybe a scene on 125th street and you're walking down the street and somebody's trying to sell you something or, you know, um, the girls are going by or, you know, like all these things are happening in an everyday situation that unless you were part of it in it, you wouldn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was my goal coming into the company. And, um, and unfortunately that's what they wanted from me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I am getting like flashbacks, like just thinking like, like echoes, like, like just had like a black book kind of like style. Yes. Like it just like you open up a page in somebody's like black book and they have like a throw up or something on yeah. it. And like the crossing of, of materials, like vinyl over cotton, yes. like, like an image. And then yes. like, even on like G on denim, like yes. I'd see like a, like a vinyl like piece on the back of it. And it's just like, Oh, like they're just yeah. experiment. It's, it seemed, seemed more like art than like just trying to be fashion and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. it's since evolved. That's that's really good uh, and incredible that you picked up on that because um, I think that's something that um, credited to Mark Echo, that was his aesthetic, mm-hmm. like very black book kind of feel, a little bit raw. Yeah, it's starting to get like that way now. Yeah, like we're starting yeah. to move back into that space. Indeed. Like when we're on Instagram scrolling, and it's like everyone's kind of having like their own take on on it. But I I definitely yeah. see like the crossing of materials that you wouldn't really see with one another, and just the organic nature of just like oh this is what it is yeah and and not measuring it against somebody else because that's kind of out the window now where there's like the design uh like heads or whatever it's like where it's like oh yeah like we're just gonna copy everything that they do Correct. but now they're giving permission to everybody else like don't copy me right do your thing and and people are feeling more empowered to right. do that nowadays right. so where did you so where did you go after uh after Echo, and I know you you'd mentioned you went to Rockaware yeah. as well. Um, I guess where since that, since I know that you've you've made that jump over right. to to those companies, what brought you out to to Portland? Uh, so after Echo, I um, I was freelancing uh, for the, for a couple of different companies, uh, and then I started working at Rockaware. And then um, uh, Chris Bevins, uh, who also worked at Rockaware, head designer, got picked up by Nike. Um, and then Nike asked him to build his team because uh, we were building like a whole new department over there. Basically a department to connect apparel with footwear because they, they seem to have trouble doing that um, just with scheduling and, and delivery and just, you know, basically two different departments trying to work together. Uh-huh. Uh, so a uh, whole new department, whole new team. So uh, Chris picked, well, like three of us. It was me, uh, gentleman Jordan Chan Mendez, and um, uh, Matt Ant, Anthony Marshall. Um, and we all knew each other. You know, um, me and Chris worked with each other. I knew Ant from just you know being out and about in new york and and just we ran around the same circles uh, i didn't know jordan that was it that was their man's but um uh that was the team he picked and we you know um we did our interview nike approved us and we were like all right we're leaving new york no, no. <laughs> or, or you know we're leaving the east coast no. like let's do it so um and just just to put put a little something behind that and like i never thought i would leave the east coast so um to go to the northwest was was a big jump for me um so our little crew uh moved out here to portland and um we started started working at nike nice what uh category were you all working in so our um our division was brs uh it was basically what nike the name of nike before um it became nike Mm. uh but 
we we worked on BRS product, but we also worked um, again with footwear. Like if it was Quick Strikes, um, if it was like signature collections, like we worked on LeBron James, met up with him a couple of times, helped him out with his collection. Um, so we worked in in in, in different um, different parts of of the company um, that needed that like hook with apparel and with footwear mm-hmm. um and that was that was our main our main goal um so it could have been something seasonal it could have been something that they need like within a month's time sure so you were kind of like the hitmen. it was just like yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. the squad it's like we yeah. have this this thing that needs to get done and exactly. we need all these minds to come exactly. together to execute yeah. and it, it was really cool because you um it wasn't just like us in our little huddle well, sometimes, yeah. but uh, <laughs> um, it was cool because we brought like that, that um, that East Coast like work ethic um, of like, so what? It's six o'clock. Like we're gonna stay here till it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we might be in the office till like eleven p.m. Mm-hmm. But that's because we're grinding and we want to we want to give our best mm-hmm. and 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 see the best given to the people. Yeah. But we also got to work with so many great people within the company, um, and that's where I got really introduced to the make of footwear um, and what goes behind it, and who makes footwear, and their the way they think. Um, so I, that was the best part of it was to work with other people that you normally wouldn't work with. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of New York, we worked in apparel, so coming out here, we was able to we're like apparel and footwear, and it just completely um, expanded my mind and um what i saw what design could be for me mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome where did you f- where did you see like your skills improving and then getting to the point where you eventually decide to take flight and 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 that's what we'll get into next is is the the flight into independence mm-hmm. and like where did uh that point come to you where it's like i i need to i need to get my own ideas and and take let those take a lead uh wow so i did nike for three years um did and then left nike went to adidas the adidas almost 10 years and um i i just felt i got to the point where i got tired of the chase uh and I, I didn't want to chase the cool anymore. Eventually, when I when I really when I really figured out who I was and what I wanted to be as a designer, um, outside of the brands that I was working with, and that was a great thing about coming here to Portland. There's no distractions, you know. There's no like, you know, like this is popping, that's popping. Yeah. You know, back back yeah. on the east, like it's just like you get you're, you're always stimulated. Um, here, that is, you take a break from that. And I, at the end of the day, the the creative energy that you're that you're putting out is becomes pure, you know, because it's all it's coming from you. And and again, that's my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I got to the point where it's like this is who I want to be as a designer, um, and it didn't quite reflect the same thing as the brands I was working with, and that's basically one one of the big parts of it was again. I wanted to stop chasing. I wanted to stop chasing cool. Um, and I, I wanted to to build something that was right instead of cool. Yeah. Um, my my whole thing was it doesn't, you know, you, you can't be as cool as the kid that's in his basement printing up that next T-shirt right now. Mm-hmm. And it ain't going to happen, you know. Um, but you can be that brand that that creates the right thing. Yeah. What's right for the customer, what's right for the industry, um, what's right for that product, that specific product, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what's right for uh, the community and what's right for the planet. That changes your perspective. And that's what happened with me. Yeah. Um, especially when it came to uh, sustainability, uh, uh, especially around like waste, you know, um, and what type of fabric and textiles, especially when I got more into textiles, it's like um, what what textiles, even though 
you know, we might be making textiles um, from recycled this, that, and the third, you know, you're still making a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in plastic bags. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, it just got to a point where I, I felt like the, where the person I wanted to be, the designer I wanted to be, um, wanted to make less and wanted um, to, again, go more into doing what's right. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was slowing down instead of trying to make every whole lot of product really fast. Yeah. Um, and just trying to, all right, what's next? What's next? Who's the cool thing? What's that? What's that? You know, like, yeah. slow it down, you know, yeah. focus on those details. It's like you miss the mark every single time. Yeah. Like, trying so hard to be cool, and it's just like, nah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a couple steps back. Like, it's more settled into yourself rather than trying to project Indeed. outwards Indeed. all the time. I know Indeed. I had... I, talked with rob the other day and, and then uh our buddy hassan you probably know him as well hassan thomas uh, uh, he's on the he was on one of the other episodes but he was mentioning that uh uh some artists or people are driven by identity or purpose uh-huh. and for the longest time i've been driven by identity i want to be this art director yeah. i want to play this part i want to be the one that's known around town as like the sharp like creative director that that yeah. does these these ad projects that yeah. are high budget and flying across the world and just playing that image and and getting respect for being that that dude and then like since shifting and really slowing down and figuring mm. out what makes me happy and it's in having my creative pursuit being driven by my purpose mm. is in raising the awareness and consciousness or inspiring others to to meditate and Mm. to look inward Mm. and then find their own truth like Mm. that is like the motivating factor that's not even that's on paper it's Mm. like marketable marketably not as quote-unquote cool but it's like i have the freedom to add the elements that i feel that i resonate with and and people resonate with authenticity more than they do with this outward aesthetic it's like you can fabricate this thing in this trillion dollar lab and do all these cognitive studies of what people are going to respond to based off of colors and smells and and perceptions and stuff but it's not going to be as cool as me showing up and just being present with my eye, like with eye contact and just saying hi. And and that's it. Like there's there's really, you can't synthesize real shit. And it's just, but that's, that's uh yeah, that's a definitely like an inspiration to keep going. Like once you identify like the limiting uh, beliefs and behaviors that are, Uh, around you or in an mm-hmm. organization and then separate. So I guess that leads us elegantly to roots and rooftops. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so what is roots and rooftops and yeah, just how that came about? Uh, it's, it's as simple as, uh, as this um, roots and rooftops is a casual menswear brand uh, designing a product with a sustainable foundation um, with comfort and structure um, behind it all that that kind of really like is the framework behind it um, so it, it's it's something that I always wanted to, to do um, and really you know really focused around um, not just menswear but that kind of transition those transition pieces um, when you think about seasons mm-hmm. you know instead of like a hardcore uh, winter piece or hardcore summer piece what are those pieces that um, you wear in between spring, fall, you layer with them, so forth. Um, but then more on the casual side, thinking more like the weekend and, and traveling, because that's what you do on the weekend. Or, you know, if you're lounging, but you still want to be sharp. You want to be mm-hmm. comfortable, but you want to be sharp. So um, that's, that's pretty much what Roots and Rooftops is about um, from the ground up is uh is our mantra um and that goes into um how we build the product everything's built here in the u.s um really focusing on 100 percent cotton uh, as far as textiles um uh, also really focusing on um, upcycling so uh, what we do is uh We'll highlight one fabric, one textile that's the main story that helps, or the driver of the story of that season. And then how do you take that fabric 
and the waste of that fabric and trickling trickling it throughout the collection mm-hmm. um one of the main items that's a vehicle for that it will be our headwear so for example ripstop is a really really important story or a textile um to this story mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, a celebration of 100 years of the negro leagues um so the the waste of the of that fabric we use to make our headwear which in returns means that we can only make a certain amount so we're not making like a large amount and that's it's like a design philosophy that we want to continue going forward um you know we'll get better at it um everything's a work in progress because it's such a new way of thinking mm-hmm. um and building a, a a collection uh but it it that's a big part of it as far as um making sure we're designing um from the beginning to make making sure that we're doing what's right not just for the environment what's right for the customer what's right for the industry um and then also just designing um again from the ground up as soon as i put that pen to paper i'm i want to make product that um that's timeless Mm -hmm. Uh, i always wanted to make something that uh, someone wants to hand down to the next generation instead of just discarding. Yeah. Uh, so just that alone, uh, it, it kind of gets into that, you know, doing what's right, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the process of, of the make as well. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of intention that goes behind it. Where does your creative process begin with, with, uh, with a collection? Like you just, Mm -hmm. uh, had had the first drop of the wind up collection and mm-hmm. on Juneteenth. The the first yeah, the the, yeah, yeah. the first installment yeah, of the it. first yeah. in, installment. Where do you, like where does cause it's super, super like complex and layered, like yeah. the story behind it. Like yeah. like going into like like Negro Leagues and like Barnstorming, the barnstorming yeah. and, and, and like the subculture of Negro League yeah. baseball. Do you want to dive into that just to kind of give us a, an, an overview of, of what sure. like how deep conceptually it goes outside of just the clothing of it but there's right. a, it's telling a story well I'm more of a storyteller than a designer anyways uh, so the story is where it always start there mm-hmm. um, the story can be something historical it could be something made up but there there has to be um, um, different levels of it um, through the, the the fabrics, the trims, um, to tell different parts of the story within the collection. And that's how I kind of break it up. Mm-hmm. So um, it starts with the story, and then from there, I think it goes to the the fabrics and the textiles and what's going to help me tell that story. So depending on something super visual, graphics, um, which can come into play, but just on the subliminal uh, side of things, like the fabric, um, tells that story if it's the woven if it's a knit if it's both mm-hmm. how do they tell different parts of that story mm-hmm. um so the negro leagues is something that i always wanted to do uh but i had a hard time trying to really tell that story in a different way um that you normally have seen it where it's really authentic the baseball patches, mm-hmm. the teams, the yeah, colors, like the everything. Felt yeah. hats and like they're kind yeah. of flimsy and it's yeah. just like a throwback. It's like yeah. the same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like wool and like the yeah. little balled up little yarn Indeed. things. And it's just like, Indeed. I've seen Indeed. it. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you had, you know, good parts of that and bad parts of that. Sure. Um, but for me, it was like, how do I tell this story differently than that? Um, especially when now you're talking menswear. Uh, so that's why I, instead of focusing on one, the sport, it's, you know, it wasn't really about the sport for me. It was about these men, um, being determined to, to do their passion and be the best at it, no matter what anyone else said or how someone put a, put a wall in front of them. You know what I mean? They got around it. They made it happen. They created their own. Mm-hmm. that's the story that I wanted to tell. It was so it was a little less about the sport, more about the spirit, right? Yeah. Of those men. Um, and then also focus less on the players and more on like 
um, for me, it was like uh, the Cuban Giants was a team I really looked at because they were the first around in the 1800s. Um, and then there was like the two managers who were like head waiters, mm-hmm. you know, like, and they decided they were around these athletes and they decided to take the best out of all these athletes that they knew to create this team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's to me is relevant today, you know, to every black and brown person today. Mm-hmm. And what we're fighting for today, you know, you don't have to um, conform. You don't have to feel like you you can only do half of who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be everything and you can celebrate your passion and who you are your way. Control mm-hmm. the narrative. Totally. You know what I mean? Control. Yeah. So those are the things that that I was really gravitating towards. And then the idea of barnstorming and and what these players, who these players had to be and um, what they had to deal with barnstorming is they, day and night, even summer, winter, they traveled the country, they got on buses, um, they went, you know, they, you know, you had players from Philly, Detroit, um, New York, Jersey, um, busing down, down south. You know, and those those dirt roads. Yeah. You know, you don't know what you're gonna run into. Long dirt roads. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just just to play, just to play a game, their passion, and 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 not just about crushing somebody, but to create like a community. Mm-hmm. You know, to meet other players and other fans. You know. Yeah. Um, and then they also barnstormed. Um, they went to Canada. They played in Canada. They played in Mexico, mm-hmm. Cuba, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Um, so barnstorming. Um. Uh, really was something that I gravitate towards because uh, no one else really talks about that and how important that was um, to the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, just, again, to just to play their games and to build that community, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like all those all those key things are, are important today, you know. Mm-hmm. How do you see uh, the concept of barnstorming? How is that represented within the brand and within the fashion mm. with within the, mm-hmm. the aesthetic decisions mm-hmm. yeah. uh that goes right into like our main uh our main fabric which is ripstop it's 100 percent cotton ripstop mm-hmm. so um and it's like a really uh, nice weight it's like six six and a half ounce weight um so it, it's durable you can feel it when you put it on but it's breathable mm-hmm. so the things that you know, it's like, what would they need if, we, if they were barnstorming yeah, today? Yeah, Mississippi. What would they need? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in summer in Mississippi. Right. Like, what would work yeah. right now? Yeah, you know, yeah. like, what would the, from the uniform to um, also what, you know, they didn't wear their uniforms, you know, when they barnstormed. They, you know, they wore what they wore during that time in that era. Yeah. You know, they were dressed. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, the tailoring and, and so forth, like, all those things combined to make something new mm-hmm. and then um mm-hmm. then like the shine on top of it is the celebration you want to celebrate these men and these achievements um this legacy and for me celebration is making that connection back back to africa um and pulling um um inspiration from like traditional like west african um um tops mm-hmm. and and those details and kind of mixing it in with like a baseball DNA. Yeah. So it, it's it's like from the graphic to the fabric, and then the fabric mixture and to the fits that helps tell all that story. Yeah, yeah, and you put it all together so beautifully. <laughs> One of the things that this podcast like doesn't really do justice is like people can't see it like right now. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, like if you only knew, because I've tried on like all of the pieces. And, yeah, true. And it was true. awesome to top notch model over here. Yeah, okay, I'm trying. I lost a little bit of weight, but uh, like Shale took the photos. Shout out to Shale, sure. uh, like doing all the graphics and all Twitch that kind motion, of stuff. Indeed. Shout out Mulu as well, who showed indeed, up to, indeed, to, indeed. for the shoot. But like but trying on all the stuff and just seeing it all together and how it all flows together and like. Like the like the top piece yeah. is like my absolute favorite because like I played baseball growing up and and just seeing like the the idea of 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 creating a brand or or at least like having a collection mm. that that has those baseball like cues mm. is always been something that I've like that it's always been on my mind and to see you execute it like so like 
precisely and like like thoughtfully i'm just like oh he just did it all right cool like i I would definitely like i will wear this this these clothing the hat probably won't fit right now because my head right i got this hair on top of my head but you you made it work you made it work for the shoot though yeah i did i just just flatted it down but uh yeah i just love seeing like how in detail like how much detail like there's no like you don't skip anything and it's like even this conversation does no justice to like how like how deep of a well of wisdom you are in 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 this in your specific field but just in general just like like what do things mean and you're a historian essentially like you're you're being inspired but like you're telling these stories that haven't been told in this type of way and it's like sometimes when we share stories it's like you only have one context that's being shared right and it's only from one perspective and right. it's like it doesn't it doesn't give justice to the weight and the multi-dimensionality of the story right. of the people like right. of what what negro league baseball right. really means it's like risking your life to yeah. play baseball yeah. like that's what it is like yeah. you're risking your life to play a kid's game yeah. like nobody's out there like frowning in center field like you're smiling right but it's like there's people that are uh on the sidelines that are looking at you with their shotgun in the car right. and they're like you better not catch that fly ball because right. we put money down and we're right. gonna kill you if right. you if you like if our team right. loses right like real shit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. those are like the like the layers that kind of uh, become unfolded that are shown as nuance within the collection, Indeed. and 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 I definitely read that when when Thank your you. language of of design and clothing speak to me. Thank you. Um. So the so the line is is like a slow release right now, right? Because everything's kind of gone all over the place. So Juneteenth right. was the first installment, right? So um. The collection was uh, was supposed to come out a little bit sooner, but it's funny. It's funny how uh, when COVID hit, I was right in the middle of production. Like we're like around pre-production, so uh, shut down the factories. Factories um, are really uh, slow to to reopen, and then again, um, design the whole collection here in the U.S. And that also is uh, the purpose of the brand um, to to highlight quality of U.S. production, um, which kind of then goes back into, like, detailing how much you're making. And uh, for me, what's really important is control, controlling controlling all those different factors. How much do we need to really make um, to build this to be a proper collection? What type of fabric? Where it's being made? You know, and, and just all those things, um, are it's really helpful to do that domestically if that's an important part of your brand which is important part to me um uh so yeah so with that being said uh doing things here domestically you might not have everything under one roof so you might have three different factories doing three different things um part of your collection mm-hmm. um and so if if these factories shut down each factory is reopening in their own time Mm-hmm. You know, or they might be open by only thirty percent, um, or and they have backflow. All those things. So all those things affected the brand coming out in one at the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, being, and I also wanted the brand to be small. I wanted the brand to be nimble. Uh, so have building the brand around those philosophies has helped me to kind of like maneuver around this situation, which is really a day to day type thing sure you know dates change things happen mm-hmm. um so i was i was able to at least start with my headwear and about the time i got my headwear um even though it's it was a lot of time it took um it took that time for me and shale uh, twist motions uh to rethink our marketing and relook at the new environment um and and what things were were more important to people now yeah you know so um i just getting the headwear i had to re-look at like what's an important part of the collection Mm -hmm. and um really re-look at the headwear Uh, one of the things i i said was the headwear kind of embodies the collection and it does Mm -hmm. um from um the cleanness 
uh, of it. The details that are in it when you flip it over. The fabric. I love how the ripstop works with the fit of the hat. The hat's like a mid-crown. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like the way ripstop works naturally. Just, it just works so well with that fit. Yeah. Um, and just those little details on all oh, this, like this real, this small real estate, which is a baseball cap. Yeah, yeah. There's you know? a lot. Like you've worked with a lot. Like even just the removal of like the center pin yeah. on the top of it, and it's like, oh, I've never seen like a baseball hat without right. that. But like making it more upscale and dressed up, so yeah. it's like you're wearing a hat, but like you're still it's still sleek sure. but then like the raised embroidery on the back is right. typically like what you see on the front like right. i just think like boston red sox logo or any mlb logo it's, right. it's raised but it's on it's on the back so it's right. not like right on front street right. so it doesn't you don't like think like oh what is this da, da, da. Right. like you don't get distracted by uh or i don't think it would be a distraction anyways but just the the fact that the raise is on the back yeah <laughs> yeah clean yeah. um i think the word clean yeah. Is always um, something I'm looking for from people when they see the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, when they see the designs, if that's one of the first words that come out their mouth. Is like, yeah, that's clean. Yeah. Like, okay, that's that's yeah. my goal, and I, I feel like that that cap does that. Definitely, like a lot of clothing I see, especially for like on first drops, a lot mm-hmm. of it is like self promotional. Like they want, like yeah. you have to know that it's me. Like before anything, so right. I'm gonna put my logo and things like right on Front Street. It's right. gonna be bright. It's gonna be pronounced. It's right. gonna just so nobody like thinks it's something else. We like right. we want to get all the credit for it, but you've subtly like placed roots and rooftops in a lot of like even on like the on the on the top. Yeah, like it's like a mid. Yeah, like mid, lower mid yeah. area placement where it's not like right up on the chest. Right. It's not. It's not like in it, it's not in white, right? On the black one, it's not yeah. in like white, so it's like, oh, it kind of just blends in there, right? But uh, yeah, so what are some of the the you were mentioning some of like the marketing things and in, in uh, being right. being nimble during these times right. as a as a as a brand and in figuring out like what's the what's the wave for you? What are some of the things that you've realized that you need to start? Man, it, it's Join. it's it's still a work in progress, but um, I think one of the things is just really watching, um, like what gravitates, what what really grabbed people and brought them in. Mm. So sports is out of here. You like you know like it's just, I you know who knows when it's gonna come back to the way we thought it was it was gonna be. So that influence of a uh, an af- an athlete is is gone. Yeah, the next influencer that came up was DJs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and then, you know, them doing them doing their sets and so forth. Um, so uh this one like battle, like, you know, so everybody's doing battles. So this one battle happened, um, I guess I should say it was a Teddy Riley battle, um, against Babyface. Babyface. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, they had technical issues, whatever. And I remember watching um this conversation with these two podcasts. Uh, two cop, two podcasters. One was more in the music side of it. One's more on the um, the news side of it. Um, but they talked about the platforms, you know, and like why are we as influencers always depending on these platforms, Instagram, Facebook? You know, why didn't like Babyface stream this through his website? Yeah, you know, um, yeah. This way, it's controlled this way. That way, you know, a lot of technical talk. But bottom line, you know, one of the things they they stated was we keep putting ourselves on these platforms, drawing all these um, other viewers to these platforms and helping them make money. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it for free. Yeah. You know? Um, And, I mean, that's the music side of it. But that, you know, that got me thinking, like, how to build... Not build a platform, but how to build my site in a different way where I'm just using these platforms to have people come to my site and have all this energy and, and content and and um, the things that people are looking for from me mm-hmm. on, on my own site. Yep. Um, and then that's something that's being worked on now. But um, that sparked a, a, a lot of great conversations with other people um, who, who didn't also didn't think of that. You know, how to relook at these platforms instead of putting everything into them. Um, being engaging. I, I think the number one thing that I think we talked about is um, uh, people want to know who you are. 
you know, um, that facade, um, the smoke and mirrors or whatever. Yeah. Your Instagram's good though. Like, even uh, though it's oh, not, no, not no. a whole lot of you yeah. in there, but it's like yeah. it's it's you. Well, it is. Yeah, it, it is. is you it know is what I mean? All you. Yeah. yeah. It, that's that's the whole thing. It is me. Yeah. Um, it's me. It's why what I'm about. What what uh, Roots and Rooftops is about. Definitely. Um, I do have to put a little, a lot more of myself out there. Um, and I think that's that's one of the things that I saw. You know, those days of like let your work do the talking for you or gone. People want to know who you are, what you're about, because that's supposed to be reflected through your work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, things of that nature. Um, when you post something, mm. um, how many times you should post something. You know, it, it, it was all those things, just watching people try to figure all this out. Yeah. And um, yeah. some things that we, we were already, like, there with, we just had to do adjustments and stuff. Um, and again, it, it's all work in progress. Um, but, uh, man, like it, it, you know, and then also just, just watching other brands kind of go through, um, especially footwear brands just really go through this hard, hard time. Um, and, but then watching these, sm- seeing these smaller brands navigate through it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so a lot of it was, you know, it was definitely conversations, um, you know, we, we, I think we even talked about the art, you know, like you're starting to see because you, you can't do fashion shoots. You can't do modeling, you know, like Fashion Week is going to probably be out of here for a minute. Yeah. As we know it. Um, so people start have to find new ways to 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 draw energy to their projects. If So if it's illustration, something I'm starting to, to do again, um, I've been doing, but now I want uh, to like show it external yeah, yeah, not externally sharing. but um sharing it more yeah sharing it more externally um but like from illustrations to um doing 3d modeling um this one west african designer i can't think of her name right now she did a whole fashion show but she i guess she used like models that were dressed in green so you can like block them out and yeah, all you yeah, saw yeah. the shape um with the you saw the pieces fit on the shape of the body of yeah. the model, but you didn't see the model, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see more like 3D virtual things like that um, on the high end, but then on the low end, you know, you just see people navigating and, and, and being creative and figuring this out, mm-hmm. um, and that's been like really, really encouraging um, and really, um, uh, really bringing a lot of uh, a lot of juice. You know, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of juice to to um, what you can do, you know, instead of it being, you know, as a, looking at this as a handcuff. Yeah, totally. You, you it's know, like um, creative it's just, problem yeah. solving. It's yeah, like, you're art, you're solving, art, yeah. like, that's what you do day yeah. in and day out anyways yeah. with the line. But now it's just like, you, it's just adding another creative problem to solve. And it's like, I think yeah. everybody is Indeed. kind of trying their own way at it and, right and it's like all right let me try it yeah. out now and it's yeah. like oh i i learned something new and then right. somebody else sees someone do right. that thing and then they use that tool mm. and then they do their spiel mm. their their try at it and then mm. they uncover another thing right. and, and we're all just kind of like sharing and and learning but i definitely uh follow what you're saying with uh uh, using your own platform like creating your own website and having a live version of what you're doing or 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 just funneling people to your site because we are just basically doing free advertising for Instagram and yeah. YouTube and all those things when we can yeah. kind of just the technology's out there like yeah. we can get it we can have it available for ourselves as well and and create uh, a new dynamic which people associate with quote unquote brand it's like yeah. you can you can be innovative in your in your storytelling in your in your design and all that kind of stuff and in the use of materials but you can also uh roots and rooftops can have a technological aesthetic as well and Mm -hmm. be technologically innovative as Mm -hmm. well in in telling those stories and Mm -hmm. and using that technology and also um i I think uh also you, you see the importance of community you see importance of other brands smaller brands designers start working together um sharing you know, mm-hmm. resources. Um, I, I feel like that that this is my brand, my world. Thought process is dead. You know, you you just won't survive that way. You know, you have to work 
um, with either other brands or, or, or other companies, local companies, yeah. whatever, you know, um, together. Yeah. You know, you might work with, a, you know, you might be a brand that makes socks, but then you're working with a partnership with another brand that makes, I don't know, eyewear. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, but definitely, it, it, you definitely. make it work and you're working together and you're sharing. Yes. Um, followers, you're sharing customers, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you have, if you're going after the same individual as a consumer or as an audience, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Like the, you can, you can, you can um, share the same individual and it's even more helpful, you know, than just trying to be like, yeah, you know, like that's my this customer. Is my yeah, thing. yeah. This is my yeah. thing. That's Nobody my guy. else. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's I, my, that's my, that's my, um, that's my woman, my guy, you know, yeah. as far as a a, um, a customer base, you know, and I'm not going to share that. Like, those days are done, It's man. completely and, yeah, done. I'm, yeah. I'm experiencing that in, like, these new relationships that I'm building. And, like, even, like, with with you and Rob, it's like, oh, like, there was a point where, like, I wanted to start a clothing company. I was like, oh, I want to do this brand and da-da-da-da. But I'm kind of, like, I'm looking back. I'm like, oh, maybe just, like, a, like a, like a little random drop. Like, I want to do a camera <laughs> right. bag really bad. And like, remember yeah. when I sent you like that canvas, like yeah, the, 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 yeah. the Craigslist of like the canvas? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can see myself investing in something like that, and then coming to you and Rob, mm-hmm. and just be like, hey, can you guys like help me build this bag, right. and we'll make limited quantities, right. and then just drop it. But it's not like, oh well, it, like if you were if you guys were like, oh no, that's no, we can't help because you have to do it yourself. It's like, that's the whole point of having community is that right. we help one another. And so like, right. and in this example, like I have plenty of examples like that where it's like somebody is looking for, for like a, a website and, right. and asked me and I was like, well, I'm not a graphic designer, website designer, right. but I do know a company called old friend that that's what they do. They're the branding specialist. Right. They do websites. They, and it's like, I immediately just make that connection right. and, and wherever we line up on something that will be like our collaborative project, mm-hmm. that's what we'll do. But yeah. until then we're just going to feed each other, uh, connections and possible opportunities to grow and they don't have to be verbatim the same exact thing. Right. Like, you know, no, do, do you feel so? Okay. So, uh, is roots and rooftops open to expanding in different, like this is the first, uh, drop in the, the, the it's centered around negro league baseball and telling mm. that that mm. that beautiful story mm. are you gonna uh go to different sports yes. eventually and well not just... different sports okay. um i mean i i just came out of you know i came out of sportswear um and that's that's one of the things that i'm bringing into menswear is my um experience in sportswear how, how athletes move um and, and try to bring those parts in, in constructing menswear um uh, so it was kind of like a, a, a kiss goodbye uh-huh. to sportswear doing this collection and also because I always wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then going forward, um, it could be any, that's the beautiful thing about Roots and Rooftops. Um, it, any, it could be any story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely wanted to, I wanted to be a part of me. So, I mean, who I am is I'm an African American. I'm African. I'm black. And I want to tell our, our stories is more than just one face. You know, um, when you think of black models, you know, you probably have one or two different style of black models that come to your head. You know, we're, we have levels. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's so much of us. Yeah. And um, I, I, I want to be part of telling that narrative and that story, you know. Um, if it's if it's a, a story of of um, mixing African textiles, um, say like Ethiopian textiles, um, with um, Thailand, a story in Thailand, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it could be anything. You know, I, I want to tell, I want to do a collection around just um, an album, just beats. You know, um, how did this song? influenced this one piece not a collection but even just this one piece in the collection you know from the colors to how the textiles are used um the fit from a song you know Mm -hmm. like so i want to just be able to tell i want to use roots and rooftops 
to be able to tell um, different stories, but through our narrative and controlling our narrative. Well, you're doing that beautifully. I want to thank you so much for, for having me and having this discussion. And I look forward to plenty more. I'm Dude. always I'm always learning whenever I'm around you. Ah, so it's like I'm same, I'm super same. grateful uh, same. that that I'm in your life. No, don't don't mind. get it twisted. Same here. Yeah. Same here. I'm always learning. Awesome. Where can people find you on on the interwebs? Um, rootsandrooftops.com. Um, you can Find me on Instagram at Roots and Rooftops, same thing at Facebook. Um, uh, those are the, the best places right now. And um, check us out and, and keep checking us out. We'll keep you updated as the pieces trickle in. Mm-hmm. And um, as, and what I, the, the goal is for the, the people to watch the brand grow, um, not just in product and power, but see the brand grow in different ways and how we you know from our uh, sustainability how the website grows um and and i want the people to be on the journey with with the brand awesome thank you rabo thank and you thank Salud. you all for listening to opening presence mm-hmm.